let me say another thing which gives the other side, and that is that although it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. program everybody you just stepped inside of psychotic bump school the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome and i want to welcome you to another exciting edition of psychotic bump school on this mlk weekend so ladies and gentlemen tonight oh we have an amazing amazing show for 2024 y'all yes we are getting it in. Three-day weekend. Happy birthday to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. All across the nation, many, many states are celebrating this certified bona fide holiday in remembrance of one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., y'all. His legacy lives on. Also going on today, we have an Iowa caucus happening with the Republicans, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, they're all heading into Iowa today and they're going to be caucusing through the night to elect a presumptive front runner, according to Iowa standards, at least. And it'll also determine if Ron DeSantis is even going to be in the race after that, because Nikki Haley has closed ground, ladies and gentlemen, still a big lead celebrated by Donald Trump. But as they head into New Hampshire, which is next after Iowa, she is catching up to Donald Trump. And if she finishes strong in Iowa, and she has a chance to eke out a victory in New Hampshire. It's a long shot, but people are saying that she has some momentum going into New Hampshire. This could become really interesting. The race continues, but we're going to have a very special show. This is going to be the pushback, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't know about you. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Republicans. I'm sick and tired of hearing the one-sided narratives. I mean, seriously, one-sided narrative about how bad things are and there's no pushback to it. You can just turn on any mainstream outlet and you can hear the ops, the opposition research, the talking points of the opponents of the people that are gonna support the political party in power right now, which just happens to be the Democrats. Well, this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the other side. We're gonna be featuring the most recent Hunter Biden uh, oversight committee hearing meeting. And it just went bonkers when he showed up there. Wait till you hear what they were saying in this hearing that's supposed to represent transparency for the United States of American uh, elected congressmen and women who are there to enforce accountability. But for some reason, when Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden showed up, <laughs> well, you're going to hear it just in a second. So you're going to be hearing from congressmen that you may not have heard before, congresswomen as well. Uh, Jamie Raskin is the ranking member. You're going to hear from Jared Moskowitz out of Florida. You're going to hear from Jasmine Crockett. Oh, she's so amazing out of Texas. You're going to hear from Dan Goldman. He's one of the wealthiest uh, members of Congress. He's out of New York. Oh, you're going to hear from a lot of them today. Uh, even uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's also out of New York, I believe. You're going to be hearing from all of them 
And uh, we're going to be breaking down to the final compound. The other side, y'all, we're going to be talking about the pushback. All this nonsense has got to come to a heel because this is an election year and we ain't got time to play. And we ain't, we ain't got time to be hanging our head and putting our tail between our legs and not knowing what to say back to the stuff that we're hearing that is flowing like a unending faucet in our faces about how horrible things are. And people claim and swear up and down that the Democrats have no answer or response to it. Well, tonight you're getting it. So make sure you stay tuned. And uh, that's going to be our lineup. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWG, the truth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our show after this. Hey, everybody. This is Buddy Hearts, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome on KCWG, the truth.com. The best internet radio station on the planet. Okay, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, as I said at the top, we are about to hear the pushback. We just had a <laughs> oh quite a fiasco of a hearing last week in the House of Representatives. Hunter Biden the son of President Joe Biden, has been subpoenaed by Congress to come and testify about some money that they think is secretly being funneled to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, according to Republicans, is benefiting from foreign transactions during the uh, current administration. And so in an effort to try to bring Joe Biden down, um, the Republicans have now resorted to subpoenaing, subpoenaing, his son, Hunter Biden, um, and he showed up. So I'm gonna try not to cut in too often here. I'm gonna just let this ride. I'm gonna leave this raw and pretty much untouched. And I'm not gonna lie, so full transparency, this is, this is the first and only time I'm gonna say this. You're hearing from Democrats tonight. You're hearing from Democrats. You're hearing the pushback. You're gonna hear a little bit from the Republicans, but you're hearing from Democrats tonight. It's not that I'm taking Democrats' side, but Everywhere you go, you're hearing the other side's talking points everywhere you go. And it's gotten so bad that even people on the so-called left, liberals, progressive, Democrats, Biden supporters, they have no idea what to say back to such an extent that they're even now mimicking the talking points of the opposition. That's how bad it's gotten because they don't even know what is being discussed, how the conversations are being framed, and so they don't even seem to have the vocabulary, the nomenclature, the, the, the corporate language of pushback that exists in the current um, culture of the Democratic Party. So you're hearing from Democrats. So this may not be the show for you if you want both sides. Hey, media is not doing both sides. They want this competitive horse race and they want a photo finish. So all this effort that they're going to or going through to normalize what Donald Trump has done and what the Republican Party is doing, I'm not having that, okay? This is not normal. He should be banned from the ballots across the country. That's going to be litigated now at the Supreme Court level. But nevertheless, they're going through this song and dance, and they're so casual about what Donald Trump has done to this democracy and what he's trying to do. And he, say, he stated from day one he wants to be a dictator. So... This is not the show for you, so this is your first and last and only warning you're going to get. This is a spoiler alert. 
this is going to be all Democrats. There's going to be 98, 99% Democrats speaking tonight. If you don't like that, if that's not your cup of tea, I get it. I'm not offended. This is not the episode for you. This is the other side. And we're not playing. So I am going to let this ride. I would advise you to listen to this perhaps while you're on the treadmill or while you're on your stationary bike or out for a walk. Because the, the rambling sounds like it's just that rambling, but there's actually a lot of nectar in what the Democrats are saying. And it's important that you hear what they're saying so that you're understanding how they're dismantling these, these aggressive and egregious talking points from the other side. So let's jump into the hearing. Like I said, you're going to hear from uh, ranking member Jamie Raskin, Jasmine Crockett, Dan Goldman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Jared Moskowitz, just to name a few. So let's jump right in. This is the Hunter Biden oversight hearing last week in the United States Congress. Stay tuned. The chairman refused to take yes for an answer from Hunter Biden. Instead, on December 1, they pulled a bait and switch. They changed the terms of their request. They rejected his offer or his acceptance of their offer and insisted that he now come in and sit for a secret closed-door deposition. On December 6, Hunter Biden's lawyer reiterated that Hunter Biden was willing to accept the chair's original request and once again offered to appear on December 13th or any other date in December to answer any question pertinent and relevant to the subject matter. He again raised concerns about closed-door sessions. That's what brings us to today, Mr. Chairman. Um, we, he has materially, substantially, in good faith complied with what your requests were. He complied with the subpoena. We would have expired. We would have loved that. Do any other members wish to be heard? Chair recognizes Ms. Mays from South Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Chairman Comer. First of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and- Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman. Um, if the, the lady recognizes- If the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in order? You keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that uh, that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law. Come on, come on. And the premise come that on. The law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last point of order, Mr. Chairman. Point uh, of order. Uh, Trump's family members, Don Trump Jr. He uh, he did not defy a congressional subpoena. He showed up multiple times for multiple depositions for several hours. Um, in doing so, you know, Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deliberately. You did. Bipartisan January 6th committee. I would like to ask my friend, Ms. Mace from South Carolina, um, whether she's aware of all the case law, which says that the committee has to engage in good faith interaction with the witnesses they've called and they're supposed to arrive at a solution. And what do you think about the fact that the chairman on multiple occasions gave this witness the opportunity to come before the full committee and he agreed to that 
we issued a congressional subpoena, and I know with your constitutional law background, you know exactly what that means, and he should have showed up. And because of your vote and because of your statements, you should be voting to hold, hold this man in contempt of Congress today, right now, if you're going to be consistent on your own policies and your own words. Gentlelady's time's expired. Chair, recognize Mr. Moskowitz for five minutes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's good to see you after a long break. So... I'm listening to the gentlelady from South Carolina about the witness being afraid to come in front of the committee. It's interesting. He's here. He doesn't seem to be too afraid. In fact, for some reason, the chairman, who on multiple occasions invited the witness to come on TV, Apparently, the chairman wants to pretend like his statements on television or in interviews don't matter. But it didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. It happened multiple times. The chairman said the witness can choose whether to come to a deposition or to a public hearing in front of the committee. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness, and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion. Let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? Yeah. No one. So I'm a visual learner, and the visual is clear. Nobody over there wants to hear from the witness. Oh, there's one. Thank you. Will you yield for a question? I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. Uh, so there's no one well, other than one or two that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. So... Mr. Chairman, are, I, I just want to hear from you. Will you acknowledge that you invited the witness on television to choose whether he could come to a public hearing? And do you stand by your words or do you renege that invitation to the witness? To answer the question I've said repeatedly, the, after the deposition, Mr. Biden can come in front of a public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I don't want to play the video, but that is not what you said on television multiple times. Uh, we have the quotes. We can put them up. You said the witness can choose between a deposition. Listen, or Mr. Moskowitz, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules. We make the no, rules. That, no, Mr. Chairman, you make the rules. And the rule you made is that he can choose. I, that, those, the rule is. Those were your, those were your words. Reclaiming my time. He was issued two lawful subpoenas. Re reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. No, you issued those subpoenas after he took you up on your invitation to come and then you were like, oh, no, no. Oh, my God, what did we? What did I do? I invited him to come so the American people can hear his side of the story. I put my foot in my mouth. So now I must bury him in the basement where we can decide what we're going to release to the public so that we can continue to tell that story. Mr. Chairman, you have said multiple times that this is not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. And even this morning on Mornings with Maria, she asked another simple question, the question you have been asked multiple times, which is, do you have evidence to impeach the president of the United States? Before you said, I hope so.
Today, you said, I think so. And the answer is, you don't. And you still don't. And so we continue to be here and have these charades. To my colleagues who talk about lawful subpoenas, I appreciate the gentleladies, the gentlelady from South Carolina who voted to, to hold people in contempt. Listen, I'll, I'll make this bipartisan. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment, and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. I yield back. I yield. All right, that was Jared Moskowitz out of Florida. You're about to hear from the gentlelady out of Georgia. I forgot to mention the the top ranking official for this committee is James Comer out of Kentucky. So you're also going to be hearing from him. He represents the Republicans. But let's hear what the gentlelady out of Georgia has to say about Hunter Biden. Stand by. All right, Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here we go. <laughs> oh. So like what just happened there, as soon as Marjorie Taylor Greene began to speak, Hunter Biden just got up and walked wow, out with his entourage and the, with the media following him. He's walking out as she's speaking. That's what she's reacting to. Stand by. Everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women. That's Mr. Goldman for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I feel like I'm in Alice in Wonderland after that. Um, Every American receives the same application of the law, and it does not matter what your last name is. So I guess that means if your last name is Perry, that subpoenas apply to you as well, lawful subpoenas. Now, I appreciate the gentleman from Pennsylvania's argument that the January 6th committee was not a duly constituted committee, and in fact, he and many others made that same argument to a number of courts of law. The courts are charged with interpreting our laws and whether a committee is a duly constituted committee and whether a subpoena is a duly constituted subpoena. And even though my friend from Pennsylvania may not like the fact that a neutral judge, multiple judges, in fact, didn't agree with him, it still remains the law of the land, not what Mr. Perry says, not how I would interpret the January 6th committee, but how every single court of law interpreted it and said it was a validly constituted committee, and every single subpoena issued by that committee was a duly authorized lawful subpoena 
no different than the subpoena to Hunter Biden. Will the gentleman yield for a question? No, unfortunately, sir, you did not yield to me, so I will not yield to you. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that subpoenas should apply equally. And for my colleagues to actually claim that we on this side of the aisle are hypocritical because we will not vote to hold someone who has made every effort to comply in every way other than the specific means of providing the evidence has is somehow should be held in contempt when three members of this committee refuse to comply in any way, shape, or form with a court-determined lawful subpoena is beyond me. So what Dan Goldman is talking about is the fact that an actual court and a series of judges have ruled on the legitimacy of the subpoenas from the previous Congress that asked for people to testify uh, to that committee that was also uh, staffed by uh, former Congress people Adam Kinziger and Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, and uh, they were outright refused. They were denied and they were just blown off by the Republicans. And so uh, the Republicans during this hearing with Hunter Biden still claimed the fact that they were ruled against by several court judges, independent, nonpartisan. They said that those subpoenas were legitimate and they should have been honored. But yet Republicans are still feeling like they have a case to make. And so it kind of speaks to this whole notion of we don't accept results that we don't like. And so since we don't like the results, since we don't agree with it, we're going to continue to act like it hasn't been litigated already. And see, this is the trap that the Republicans set for the public. The networks all fall for it, too. This has already been litigated. They're trying to... Uh, have an American Idol judging contest about the legitimacy of the uh, the subpoenas, saying that uh, what the Democrats did when they had control of this oversight committee, that they didn't have our legal right or authority to issue subpoenas. But now suddenly the Republicans, now that they have the majority, they do. And it's hogwash. And this is what I was saying when we were talking about statistics in general. It's not about my truth. It's not about your truth. It's not about his truth. It's not about her truth. It's about the truth. It's objective. It's neutral. It ain't about your feelings. So you can whine all you want that you got ruled against, but it doesn't change the fact that you lost on that when you need to move on. But they won't let it go. And so that's their bone of contention. The judges have already ruled on the legitimacy of the subpoenas, but yet they're still trying to have that conversation and essentially just waste the public's time. All right, stand by. Back to the hearing. I wanted to uh, introduce for the record, Mr. Chairman, a United States District Court for the District of Columbia opinion uh, in RNC versus Nancy Pelosi, rendered by Judge Tim Kelly, uh, rejecting, obliterating, and demolishing every argument that we heard from Mr. Perry and Mr. Biggs. Um, their whole argument seems to be that Republicans were entitled to blow off subpoenas of the United States Congress that came from the January 6th committee because they didn't like the committee. They didn't think it was legitimate. They thought it was uh, not validly authorized. The courts roundly and uniformly rejected those arguments. So now they purport to render the law for themselves. If they don't want to uh, comply with the subpoena, they won't. 
and yet they would now hold uh, other witnesses like Hunter Biden to a standard they won't accept for themselves. And that's a remarkable thing. I started off this hearing, Mr. Chairman, by saying we believe that everybody should respond in good faith to the subpoenas of the United States Congress. Now, Mr. Uh, Biden uh, asserts that he responded in good faith to what you repeatedly publicly asked him to do. And he's at least got an arguable, colorable claim that that's true. All the case law I've been able to read, Mr. Chairman, suggests that the committee is supposed to engage in good faith negotiation with witnesses, which is precisely what the January 6th committee did. Chair now recognizes Ms. Crockett for five minutes. Okay, all right. So we love the Constitution today. And we also want to talk about foreign money coming in. Have y'all seen the report that was just produced where this chairman decided that he was going to block this committee from receiving additional information about y'all's guy, Trump, and all the money that he took? From what we did receive, we know that Trump got almost $6 million that we can account for. And we know that, that's more, that there's more there. From China specifically, we found almost $8 million total that he accepted from foreign governments while he was serving as the president of these United States. But we're concerned about the president's son, the president's son who has not been involved in his administration. I just want to run it back, though, to the very beginning, because this is something that I just can't get over. I can't get over the gentle lady from South Carolina talking about white privilege. It was a spit in the face, at least of mine as a black woman, for you to talk about what white privilege looks like, especially from that side of the aisle. And let me quote your now ousted speaker and what he had to say about the Republican Party and y'all's lack of diversity. When you look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. So let me tell you something. Y'all don't know what white privilege looks like, but I'm gonna I'm a show you a little bit of something. You see, you want to talk about a two-tier justice system, and this is the only time that y'all have ever referenced it when this country has a history when it comes to black and brown folk of having two separate sets of rules. And right now what you want to do is have two separate sets of rules because Mr. Moskowitz offered y'all a fair situation. He said he would vote for Hunter to be held in contempt if y'all voted to hold all, even if you remove all of the members of Congress. There's still other people that y'all haven't decided that y'all have excuses for, but y'all don't want to hold them in contempt. But for some reason, it makes sense to hold Hunter Biden in contempt, who has tried to comply. And let me tell you why nobody wants to talk to y'all behind closed doors, because y'all lie. That's just the bottom line. You have done it thus far in this investigation. You have done it this far as it relates to this committee. In every single hearing, y'all spin, spin, spin. I don't know how y'all are still standing right now because you should be quite dizzy from all the spinning that you're constantly doing when it comes to spinning the truth. You talk about free and fair elections, but you back a guy who we know tried to steal the election. And this isn't about what Democrats have to say. Let me remind you, for those of you that don't know how the justice system works, it's not a matter of the president went in and indicted Trump, but we are talking about grand juries. Grand juries are comprised of American citizens and the people that have entered pleas of guilty that will be flipping on your leader in a minute, they are Republicans. I do want to point that out. And half of them were Republicans that were handpicked by Donald Trump himself. So to be clear, whatever happens to your little leader, 
It's going to be because of the actions that he took. So you can talk all you want to about how January 6th was nonsense, but all of y'all were running at that time. Y'all were grabbing y'all's gas masks and y'all were running to your offices because you didn't know if they were coming to kill you. You should have cared that somebody was there to protect you, but instead you want to play games because you found out that it was your leader that decided that he wanted to propagate an insurrection on our country. So don't tell me that you care about the Constitution because you don't. All you care about is Trump getting reelected, and I'll yield the last of my time to my leader. Thanks, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez from New York. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, just to address briefly, um, quickly, that, that moment about uh, privilege and it was a very beautiful speech uh, by the gentlelady um, who, as she mentioned, was uh, helped lead on the majority, the now majority side of the Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Subcommittee. But I think it's so exemplary of the point that she also oversaw the elimination of the Civil Rights Subcommittee on this committee, which really kind of gives the whole game away. We show up, we give speeches, we give flowery words, but at the end of the day, participate in the structural erosion of the rights and representation of people uh, that, that are marginalized, women, people of color, people that just need to see their due process and civil liberties protected in this country. And so what we should do is allow the man to testify. I believe in the power of the oversight committee. Frankly, I believe in it regardless of whether Republicans or Democrats have the chair, because I believe that this committee should have the power of oversight. Well, this is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, on this special Martin Luther King Jr. edition of Psychotic Bump School, we're taking a look back at the recent Hunter Biden Oversight Hearing Committee meeting. And in back announced fashion, you just heard from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out of New York. And rising star ahead of that, uh, Jasmine Crockett out of Houston, Texas. So it's not hard to tell why Jasmine Crockett is so high on people's list. She's been going viral lately with these incredible takedowns of the Republicans on their nonsense. Hey, hey, we gonna lose with like this, man. Yeah, do I walk through the valley of infidels, suckers, who adhere to sucker religions. Life's the Bible. We living in biblical times. Uh. First chapter. This chapter called men. Given knowledge by the psychotic, the black was college. We don't add it up, then that they'll leave us divided. It's sorta like Ten Commandments. I'm talking about men and standards. I'm trying to reverse the damage. You boys obsessed with cameras. The debt we was handed. So many move like Judas. Look at the past, it's proven. It's my duty to speak truth to power. I be feeling like it's my fault Around your enemies, then they call you Before you hear about it, talk to you like it's still love Keeping your vision clouded Trying to get cool with guys cause you want them to choose sides Campaigning with the haters, dismissing truth for lies Definition of a man, don't fall on the stand For your soul, the exec let you hold in advance Don't be discouraged, just go with the plan Gotta have faith in God's grace over the land and I pray for the day when they lay down the caves Make their way up out their maze, get their mind up out of days Too many mamas laying flowers at their graves Don't rap about death, it's power in what you say Second chapter, and you get what you give It's power in how you live I sit and talk with the kids and tell them just how it is Go straight to avoid the bids Living fast can wait, stay down and work on your grades Speak gospel for the next generation You could have it all, just don't side with Satan I seen that take down most of the greatest Hotel suites, Hollywood stars hanging 
The other side of what you think is fly Your jury could be cursed and so can your ride Let that soak in your mind Suburbans and beamers Shot up with Ninas How to stop a young genius Spiritual like a deep cut from Shirley Caesar I wonder if it's Jesus when the baby reach up Sharpening up myself cause I know they need us My African skin gave me the passion to win Praying this doesn't come to a tragic end Third chapter This chapter called women Y'all been the rib since the beginning A woman's intuition is what a man is missing To understand your wisdom is something I had to learn Somehow you the most unprotected on planet earth Your smile lift me up and your eyes kiss my soul Your sweetness is honeycomb, such a lovely tone You hold the power to make a house a home Because of you I wanna right my wrongs Kiss your mother cause we only get one A grandmother's words to a grandson Beautiful minds, developing time Checks every month cause you held me for nine They might see an image of a woman who's flawed But I see a woman in the image of God Highest regards, a lightest to God To man, women, and children, my Bible is ours Open it up, listen to it anytime That revelation's vibe Get you through it Ain't none of us perfect I damn sure ain't praying this doesn't come to a tragic end We just gon' hope for the best and do our best And be our best, no less Yeah Yo, I woke up this morning, had to pray to God and thank Him cause I made it this far I kept it me I'ma stay me no matter what No matter who change up I'ma try to get him to see the right path So I think I'm on the right path This is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we're just breaking down to its final compound on this Martin Luther King Jr. edition of Psychotic Bump School. We're talking about the Hunter Biden Oversight Hearing Committee meeting that occurred last week in the United States House of Representatives, y'all. And so this segment right here, oh, you, you guys have been getting some jewels. I hope you realize that. And we're going to be continuing right now. And this segment really is going to be essentially a tour de force for ranking member Jamie Raskin. Uh, Jamie Raskin is out of Maryland, and he is an absolute firebrand on behalf of Democrats as he's calling out the nonsense, the hypocrisy, the, the absolute gall of the other side in their defense of not allowing Hunter Biden to testify, one, but also defending the previous Congress's right to reject and outright dismiss the invitational subpoenas submitted by the January 6th committee. So Jamie Raskin is up, y'all, and uh, I want you to check this out. Stand by. Why are we here, colleagues? Well, between January of 2017 and January of 2021, uh, we suffered the most lawless presidency of our lifetime. It began by Donald Trump saying that he would keep his more than 500 businesses going. That's right. And he wouldn't divest himself of any of those businesses. And he would not adopt a rule in honor of the Emoluments Clause, consistent with the Emoluments Clause, declining to take money from Saudi Arabia, China, United Arab Emirates, and so on. And then he proceeded, as we've learned, <clears throat> to collect at least $7.8 million 
from foreign governments. And that's actually a tiny fraction of what he got because that was only for the first two years before uh, the chairman, in his wisdom, decided to tell Mazars to stop complying with a judicial court order. And so we that was all we got was two years for four businesses out of more than 500. And that was just for 20 countries out of 195 countries on earth. But the lawlessness lasted up until yesterday when Donald Trump's lawyer got up before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and asserted that President Trump, or any other president for that matter, has a right to order assassinations of his political opponents and not be prosecuted for it unless he's impeached and convicted first, which is completely at odds with the text of the Constitution, the history of the Constitution, but he asserted a right to assassinate other citizens unless first he's impeached or convicted, which means all you got to do is kill your political opponents and then kill enough of your political opponents in the House and Senate to keep yourself from being impeached or convicted. My friends, please don't look at your phones and papers right now. This goes to the heart of the republic. Take a position on it. Even if you're going to support it, take a position on it. Don't stick your heads in the sand. Donald Trump is doing this to our country. He's asserting the right of the president to murder people and not be prosecuted for it. Well, so why are we here? Well, Donald Trump insisted to numerous Republicans and in public and on Twitter and on Truth Social that Joe Biden be impeached. Why? Well, because Donald Trump was impeached twice, the last time for inciting a violent insurrection against his own vice president, against the Congress of the United States to overthrow an election. <clears throat> and if you don't believe that, You've got to tell me that if Mike Pence had buckled under two weeks and months of pressure, that Donald Trump would have said, oh, no, I was just kidding. I'm not actually going to seize the presidency. Come on. If you believe that, you're too innocent to be let out of the House by yourself. So anyway, Donald Trump says, I don't want to be the only one running for president who's been impeached. Impeach Joe Biden. Figure out something. We were here for a year. You guys did not lay a glove on Joe Biden. You don't have a single credible piece of evidence, not one iota showing any crime by Joe Biden. As Mr. Lynch says, uh, even your own witnesses came up and said they didn't see it at the one hearing that you had on impeachment. So why are we here? Well, we can't go after Joe Biden. He's clean. Let's go after Hunter Biden. Let's go get him. And that's why I'm so suspicious of where we are today, Mr. Chairman, because I heard you numerous times say, come before the committee. Come and testify before the world. Come and tell everybody what happened. And he took you up on it. And he said, yes. And I said, finally, we'll get to hear from Hunter Biden. We'll get to answer, uh, hear answers to all those questions Mr. Fallon posed. But then you wouldn't take yes for an answer. You said, no, we want to go to a back room and do it there. And then we will leak out, uh, you know, appropriate details, which, of course, we have seen has allowed for radical distortions of people's testimony before this uh, committee. You have not released the vast majority of transcribed interviews that have been in the back room so we can leak out specific details. So that's not right. That's why we have questions about it. But I'm with Ms. Mace. Let's bring them all in. Let's bring in all the Republicans who still haven't testified about what they know about what I'm on January 6th. And let's bring Hunter Biden and let's do that all together. I, I'd be for that. Yeah, that pretty much lays it out. Coming up right now will be Congresswoman Chantel Brown out of Ohio. She was the twice victorious winner over activist or progressive Nina Turner in Ohio. Chantel Brown, ladies and gentlemen, stand by. Chair, recognize Ms. Brown. Uh, 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I am not a lawyer, and nor do I try to pretend to play one on TV. But it is plain for all of us to see we are here on behalf of one man, the self-proclaimed dictator on day one, the twice impeached, four times indicted, insurrection initiator and supporter, election denier, convicted fraudster, and maniacal manipulator from Mar-a-Lago. The one who lost and lost badly. We are here because my colleagues on the other side of the aisle have no positive agenda to run on. They have not accomplished one thing in their year in the majority to improve the lives of the people around this country. We are not here to hold the president in contempt of Congress. We are not even here to hold a member of President Biden's administration in contempt of Congress. For some reason, the majority has gathered us here to hold the president's son, his son, who I will remind all of us is not and has not ever been a government official in contempt of Congress, despite his willingness to come testify publicly before this committee. So getting to the truth was never their actual goal. Instead of working together to solve big problems on behalf of the American people, my Republican colleagues continue to pursue a meritless, groundless, baseless investigation into the president's family. Meanwhile, back in my district, during our recess, I was literally dodging bullets at a funeral of a gun violence victim. And I never felt so powerless and vulnerable because I know that when I got back here, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle refused to do anything about it. Yet, they continue to make efforts to ban books, rewrite history, make it harder for people that look like me to vote and to make it harder for women to make their own health care decisions. We see nothing on the other side of the aisle but distraction, diversion, deflection, delusion, divisiveness, and dangerous destruction of our ever so delicate democracy. So with that, I am tired of the political theater. I want to get to work for the people back home in the 11th Congressional District because they, quite frankly, don't care about Hunter Biden. For the gentleman and with that, I will yield the balance of my time to my ranking member. Ms. Brown, thank you so much. You know, you started off by saying something pretty profound, which is we are here instead of doing the business of the American people because the Republicans have offered us no positive agenda in their year in office. We know we've wasted countless weeks in them just trying to pick a speaker. Um, and uh, we've wasted countless weeks with their inertia and their do-nothing policies. Um, but Ms. Brown, um, I don't know if you recall, I just don't want people having to take your word for it. I think numerous Republicans have gotten up on the floor of the House complaining about the fact that they have no agenda. I think our colleague Chip Roy from Texas said that the Republicans had not given him one thing, a single thing, I remember him saying, to campaign on. Um, so I just want to ask you, when you're saying that they have no agenda, that's not a partisan point. You're getting that from Republicans, aren't you? That is correct. One of, the, uh, one of our colleagues said that 
there was Trump derangement syndrome. And of course, Trump derangement begins with Donald Trump himself. He thinks he has a legal right to assassinate U.S. citizens. Um, he thinks he can grab women by their genitals, although that's not the word that he used. Uh, he's, he said that if Joe Biden is reelected president, there will be World War II. Um, he is obviously deranged and disoriented. But the real Trump derangement syndrome that I see is those people who cannot break from Donald Trump after he's proven himself to be completely and totally unworthy of your support. Because I'm looking at talented, gifted people on the other side of the aisle, the ones who have not left Congress in frustration or because they've broken with Donald Trump and clashed with him. But I'm still looking at people who have their wits about them, I think, but you're acting like cult members, like you're sleeping on the basement of a cult, listening to tapes all night. And I beg you to get over your Trump derangement syndrome. Thank you very much for yielding, Ms. Brown. All right, that was Chantel Brown out of Ohio and ranking member Jamie Raskin. And Raskin continues now with the discussion about the Emoluments Clause, which is also known as the Foreign Emoluments Clause, which is a provision of the United States Constitution that prohibits federal officeholders from receiving any gift, payment, or other things of value from a foreign state or its rulers, officers, or representatives. Here is Jamie Raskin. And I need to correct the record because of several false statements made about the Foreign Emoluments Clause, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, although I do uh, appreciate the gentleman from Florida's attempt to at least engage on the matter of substance that uh, was raised so powerfully by Ms. Crockett. Now, let's start with this. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8 says that the, neither the president nor any member of Congress can receive a present in emolument, which means a payment, an office or a title from a prince, a king, a foreign government, quote, Mr. Donald, of any kind, whatever, of any kind, whatever, without going to Congress first and obtaining the consent of Congress. There's no hotel exception, Mr. Donald, to the Foreign Emoluments Clause. There's no international real estate syndicate exception to the Foreign Emoluments Clause, Mr. Donald. And also, I, I will take you up on your challenge to see whether uh, the Trump Hotel in Washington, the Trump Hotel in Las Vegas, the Trump Hotel on Fifth Avenue, the Trump Hotel at UN Plaza, the four of the more than 500 businesses that we got documentation for, whether they actually had the same level of business coming from Saudi Arabia, the communist bureaucrats of China, who were the leading spender, as you know, if you've read our report, the United Arab Emirates, Indonesia, India, Egypt and so on. I, I will. We will make that comparison about what was done before. If you get the chairman to call off the ban on further documents coming from Mazars. So Have you ever stayed at a Trump hotel? Mr. Ex Rask? Excuse no, and I would never would stay at a Trump hotel. I've got too much self-respect and concern for hotels. hygiene. So, but in any event, uh, Mr. Donald, you're totally wrong about what the Foreign Emoluments Clause stands for. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was given two elephant tusks by the King of Siam during the Civil War, and he liked them very much. He wanted to keep them, but he went to Congress, which is what every other president did before and every president did since, right up until Donald Trump, and he asked whether he could keep the tusks. And Congress, though they loved Honest Abe, said, no, you can't keep them. I mean, John F. Kennedy was, was uh, offered citizenship by the people of Ireland because they loved him so much, and he refused to take it, saying that even though it didn't violate the letter of the Monuments Clause, it violated the spirit of the Monuments Clause. And Donald Trump converted the presidency into an instrument for self-enrichment. He raked in millions of dollars from the most corrupt governments on earth. 
who came in with specific favor favors that we document in our report that they got from Donald Trump. I beseech my colleagues, I will read any book, any magazine, any speech you've given that you want me to read, read this report and come back and tell me if you think Donald Trump did the right thing in converting the White House into a for-profit operation. No other president in American history has come anywhere close. And you ask why he's so determined to stay in office that he would unleash violence against his own vice president, the brother of your colleague, of our colleague. Why would he do that? It's because it was a money-making operation, and it was a, it was a great business grift for a guy who went bankrupt several times. And yet, out of some misguided partisan loyalty, you're going to stick with him. I don't even know why you stick with him. He was a Democrat longer than he was a Republican. He wanted to run for president on the Reform Party. You guys have been taken over by an absolute con man. And now you're acting like members of a religious cult who don't even remember how you got in in the first place. Shots fired right there. <laughs> okay, back to Congressman Dan Goldman. Stand by. The subpoena was for testimony. And the... The witness, Hunter Biden, has put no conditions or limitations on his testimony. There are no limits on the topics. There's no limits on the length of time. He's happy to do it under oath. He has said he would not assert the Fifth Amendment privilege, even though that's available to him. That's in stark contrast to Devin Archer, their star witness, who so narrowly limited the time and scope of his testimony that we could not ask him anything about any of his own criminal conduct. But the only request that Hunter Biden has made is that he wants to give his testimony in public, not behind a closed door deposition where his transcript wouldn't be released. There's absolutely no certainty or guarantee that there would ever be a public hearing again. And I would bet a lot of money that you will never put him in that witness chair, whether or not he comes in. That's all he wanted, just to speak to the American people. He has not, unlike your dear leader filed a lawsuit to prevent third parties from turning over financial information. In fact, you've received tens of thousands of bank records. The problem you have is not Hunter Biden's cooperation. It's that all of those bank records, which would show any connection between Hunter Biden and his father, if there were any, has zero, zero money going from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden related to any of his business ventures. So your problem is that the evidence doesn't show what you say it does. It's not that he's not cooperating. So that's why we're here today, so that you can change the topic, can claim that there's some kind of obstruction, and therefore Hunter Biden really did do all of these terrible things, and Hunter Biden should be impeached. Oh, wait, no, no. Not Hunter Biden who's being impeached here. Now, this is far worse because the chairman, as we've discussed many times, has multiple times offered Hunter Biden to come testify in public. So if you had wanted a closed door deposition, I don't understand why you would go on TV, Mr. Chairman, and offer for Hunter Biden to come in and testify publicly, whichever he chooses. So why no public hearing? Why won't you have a public hearing? The only request, this is an incredibly cooperative witness. We've all dealt with many witnesses who put a lot of restrictions on their testimony. There's one request, one request of Hunter Biden, which is to speak directly to the American people, not 
in a closed door to the Republicans who will control the release, the dissemination, and the misinformation from that testimony? Why not? Well, one of your own colleagues went on the House floor last fall and said that this impeachment investigation was, quote, failure theater, unquote. A Republican said that. So the theory here must be let's avoid the theater part of that and just keep the failure behind closed doors. Last month, Hunter Biden showed up to the Capitol on the day that he was subpoenaed, ready to testify in this hearing room. You refused to take his testimony. That very same afternoon, you went on the House floor to vote for an impeachment resolution on the rationale that you needed to pass a resolution to get more evidence. You reject evidence in the morning, and then you cry foul about no evidence in the afternoon. He's ready to testify, and this is a dangerous precedent you're setting if every single line in every single subpoena must be adhered to or you are going to hold in contempt. I know my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who defied subpoenas outright would be very afraid if that right, becomes the standard expired. here. All right. The hearing continued with a discussion about evidence and facts that Republicans supposedly had. Earlier, Melanie Stansberry, which wasn't included in this segment uh, for, for this episode, was breaking down the Mazars report, which was a bank that was financing and handling transactions for Donald Trump. And they have a lot of records that they have produced in the form of a major report. The Democrats, the Mazars reports, I think it's called Mazars. And it has a lot of the transactions that were entering into the accounts of Donald Trump from foreign places like the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, China, all these places where they're not supposed to be taking any gifts or donations from. And it has transactions of foreign officials using Donald Trump's properties and hotels as they're trying to influence them. And it is all documented. And so the conversation was continuing and Democrats were asking Republicans to uh, excuse me, to produce the same in terms of the evidence that they had against Joe Biden. Because remember, this is a Hunter Biden um, hearing. But the argument is that they're using this as a distraction because they can't pin anything on Joe Biden. And so in their desperate attempt to do so, they want to create this fiasco, this circus regarding Hunter Biden, and the Democrats are asking them to show their work, show their work. Here's the exchange right here. Stand by. You haven't. You, 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 you have not. I've never not, seen that. You, you have not. No, produced, the bank memo. You, you have not the produced 40, that. Forty thousand is for Jim Biden. But, 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 no, once, no, no, no. The two hundred thousand is from is for from Jim Biden. The forty thousand is from Hunter Biden. All right, but please produce the I, I documentation. We have, have it. We have four bank we, memorandums. To give it to the members of this committee and four you, bank memorandums. Okay, I'll, I'll reclaim my time, Mr. There Chris. has never been a more substantive I'm saving my time. You go ahead, but I'm saving my time. In the seven years I've been in Congress. All right, let me say this. The Democrats undertook a serious investigation despite every effort by the chairman to undermine it. And we determined there were $7.8 million documented receipts from foreign governments to Donald Trump. You guys don't care about that. That's unfortunate. Will the yield? But if you've got documented... Will the ranking member yield? Yeah, we will in just a moment. Let me make my point, okay? Uh, if you have documented receipts of foreign governments writing checks or giving credit card payments to Joe Biden, show it to us. We've been at this for a year now. We haven't seen anything. Then we show you 
in our more than 100-page report the documented receipts of money going to Donald Trump, but you don't care about it. In other words, you don't care about the principle that our government leaders should not be on the take from foreign governments. That's outrageous. Well, the because I, I, I will oppose any government official of any political party who's on the take with money from foreign governments, well, and I hope you would join me in that. And yet we've shown it to you, and yet you guys don't care about it. I mean, that's just unfathomable to me. Now, at least the, the Trump family has responded to it. Well, I the mean, they're very nervous about it. You know what Trump said? The Trump's people say, well, he didn't take his $400,000 government salary. You know what? That's the only thing you're allowed to take is your salary from Americans, not money from corrupt Saudi monarchs who order the assassination of journalists, not from Chinese communist bureaucrats crushing the human rights of people in Tibet and the Uyghurs. You're not supposed to be on the take from those governments. That's what our Constitution says. Then they say, well, we return the profits. These guys don't, these guys think it's, oh, well, if it's a hotel, they can just keep the money. At least the Trump family understands some lawyer told them what the Constitution says. We return the profits. Well, guess what? They didn't give us the accounting of the profits, and that's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution says you can't take any payments at all from a foreign government without going to the Congress of the United States. It's not that you can't keep the profits from foreign governments. Do you guys understand what you're doing here? You're putting that- Gentlemen, time expired. American hypocrisy, oh, let me count the ways. They came here seeking freedom, then they end up owning slaves. Justify the use of Christianity with says Religion don't miss shit, there's too much ego in the way. That's why ISIS is a crisis. But in reality, this country do the same shit. It's take a life and call it righteous. Remember when Bin Laden got killed, supposedly, in the hotel lobby after a show. Was noticing these white ladies watching CNN covering the action. They read the headline and then they all started clapping. As if LeBron had just scored a basket at the buzzer. I stood there for a second, watched them high-five each other. For real? I thought this was thou shall not kill But police still letting off on in the field Claiming that he reached for a gun They really think we dumb and got a death wish Now somebody's son is laying breathless When I was a little boy, my father lived in Texas Pulled up in Toyota, drove that like it was Lexus Put my bag in his trunk and headed off for Dallas Out there for the summer, feeling just like I was Alice Lost in the wonderland when still suffering Just like they was back home, and that's wrong So now the government, they see my struggling And they don't give a f at all, and that's wrong. Yeah. Type of this shit make you wanna. Type of this shit make you wanna let go. Type this shit make you wanna. I had a convo with the president, I paid to go and see him Think about the things I said I'd say when I would see him Feeling nervous, sitting in a room full of white folks Thinking about the black man plight, think I might choke, nope Raise my hand to ask the man a question Does he see the struggle of his brothers in oppression? And if so, if you got all the power and the clout As the president, what's keeping you from helping out? Well, I didn't say but you catch my drift He looked me in my eyes and spoke and he was rather swift He broke the issues down and showed me he was well aware I got the vibe, he was sincere and that the brother cared But dog, you in the chair, what's the hold up? He said it's things that I want to fix But you know this politics Don't stop fighting and don't stop believing You can make the world better for your kids before you leave it Change is slow, always has been, always will be Before that, I'ma bust back till they kill me Change is slow, always has been, always will be Before that, I'ma bust back until they kill me, feel me? Type this shit to make you wanna let go. Type this shit to make you wanna. Yeah. 
type of shit to make you honest. Here's a thought for my revolutionary heart. Take a deeper look at history. It's there to pick apart. See the people at the top, they get to do just what they want. Till after a while, the people at the bottom finally get smart. Then they start to holler revolution. Tired of living here in destitution. Oh, that looting, can you tell me what's the best solution? I used to think it was to overthrow oppressors. See, if we destroy the system, that means we'll have less of greed. But see, it's not that simple. I got to thinking about the history of human nature, why this instrumental played. Then I realized something that made me wonder if revolution was really ever the way. Before you trip and throw a fit over these words, I say, think about this shit for a second. You heard the way the children in abusive households grow up knocking girlfriends out cold. That's called a cycle. Abuse becomes the abuser and that's just how life go. So understand, you get the power, but you know what power does to man. Corruption always leads us to the same shit again. So when you talk about revolution, dog, I hear just what you're saying. What good is taking over when we know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. I said what good is taking over when we know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. Yes, yes, power to the people. If I got the power, you got the power. We got the power. That's power to the people. And right now, the power is right here. And you're listening to my man DJ Rome on the Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. I don't mind. 
Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. DJ Valida, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. Beautiful women, delicate linen, illin', spending time with villains, trying to make a million, feeling some type of way. You feeling some type of way? Yeah, it seems like that feeling is here to stay. Temptations, no, not the group. Pop out the coop, sort of like 93 Snoop, DeVille. Coronary fortress, influenced by the Porsches. Panoramic views, none seen from the porches. Of course, it's a challenge. The good with the bad, all we ask is balance. The phallus tied with the proudest. My, my ego obstructs, my views become the wildest. Seeming like they palin'. Uh, the world on my shoulders ain't trying to turn in one of those guys. Emotional struggle, feel like my soul has been clotheslined. Developing a better life routine. Mirrors my upbringing, a lot of fight in me. Just another dark girl's dilemma. Been cinnamon complected ever since I could remember as a kid. Dealing with a real serious disdain for myself and ain't afraid to take a fate or earn stripes like a rep and, and what, what else? else? Gotta live by a die by a doctrine. Genuine folks, man, you don't run into them off and have friends and relatives up in the coffin I was at arms with when they died. When I'm alive, so you know I gotta fight on, fight on with my head held high. Let the breath speak life and No matter who the tribe, we fight, we down the ride Can't let the world decide my life, my pride Even when it's dark, can't dim my light inside I got a sibling stuck in the system, another victim, he sits in prison, awaiting his redemption. Meanwhile, I've been grinding with the hopes that the world will listen up. How does it feel to be ill when you ain't sick enough? Get over the hump is what they tell you, selling you dreams of driving beamers, but I'm compelled to tell you the truth and pray mistakes will only help you out. You gotta know self. Don't let them wear you down. It's like I got a crown on me. Try to remember what my mentor had told me. Thinking more of the woman I'm growing into slowly. I do it for the fam. Love my God, my Homies. It's enticing, got me feeling like Tyson Cause what I'm writing is inviting all the answers That's trifling, I gotta stop Except I'm feeling on top I got the city on lock And now I carry a Glock And now I'm fighting a case That put me in my place You can see the humble sitting all up in my face Stuck a punch by the grace that's given Covered in the blood, stumbling But never giving up, I'ma fight Fight on Fight till it's over Fight until I no longer care about the rover I'm a soldier that only get better when I'm older The colder the game get, the stronger his name gets I forever see the light I'm forever gonna fight Fight, yeah 
I'll forever see the light. I'm forever gon' fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now let's fight. Come on. Fight on, right. fight on. With my head held high. Yeah. Let the breath speak a life and Stakes inside, my soul is fried. No matter who the tribe, we fight. We down the pride. Can't let the world decide. My life, my pride. Even when it's dark, can't dim my light inside. Yeah, GP, fight, fight on. Yeah, Anissa Strings, fight, fight on. Yeah, Imano Mari, fight, fight on. Uh, Il Camille, fight, fight on. Yeah, everybody in Africa, fight, fight on. Everybody in America, fight, fight on. If you love NPR, fight, fight on. Everybody in DC. Fight, fight on, yeah, even when the stakes inside, my soul is right. No matter who the tribe, we fight, we down the ride. Can't let the world decide, my life, my pride. Even when it's dark, can't dim my light inside. Shine. Well, this is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our special MLK edition of Psychotic Bump School for 2024, y'all. We've been breaking down to its final compound what's been happening in the Congress. You've been hearing from Democrats. Yes, you've been hearing from Democrats, doggone it. And I said at the top of the show, it was like a trigger warning <laughs> because I was telling y'all, if you don't like uh, Biden, if you don't like Democrats, this isn't the show for you tonight. This episode is not for you because it's not that I'm a partisan toward any particular party, but I am getting an outsized level of information, which also sometimes includes misinformation from right-wing talking points, GOP talking points, MAGA, Make America Great Again, talking points, Trump talking points. That's all I get. And I'm telling you, like I said at the beginning of the show, it is so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that when I talk to voters that voted for Joe Biden or who have traditionally supported Democrats, they got nothing to say except for the same exact complaints that we're hearing from the opposition, the opponents of the Democrats. And that's why I did this episode in this way, in this fashion on MLK Day, because by the way, before I continue on with that thought, the fact that the Republicans decided to have the first caucus of the election season, it's no shock that it happened in Iowa but what is shocking is that it happened on a national holiday like Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Now, look back in your history and find if they have ever done it this way. To hold a caucus on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday in Iowa, and there are reasons why they like to campaign in Iowa and get the support of their uh, respective candidate, uh, get get them some momentum coming out of Iowa because, you know, the demographic is favorable if you are of a uh, conservative uh, ilk in terms of your politic. And they're first in the nation in terms of holding their caucuses first. So by the time you hear this, it's a foregone conclusion. Donald Trump wins Iowa, okay? He's going to win Iowa, and it's not going to even be close, and that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. What is going to be a little bit more competitive is what happens when the race leaves Iowa, because if Ron DeSantis, who was endorsed by the governor in Iowa, Kim Reynolds, she endorsed Ron DeSantis, and he's coming into Iowa trailing a distant third at this point from Donald Trump, and definitely trailing a little bit behind Nikki Haley, uh, the former governor, or current governor, I believe, of uh, South Carolina. Okay, there's momentum 
on Nikki Haley's side, but neither of them are going to challenge Donald Trump enough to win in Iowa. So Donald Trump is the presumptive winner of the Iowa caucus. But the fact that they're holding this caucus on MLK Day, just keep that in mind. But we've been playing this episode this evening to show you how we need to, to analyze the information that's coming out of the mainstream media in terms of the talking points that are talking down against what's happening in our country right now. And like I said, I'm fed up. I just got tired of it. And I, I know everybody is not experiencing the benefits of society all at the same time. Ain't none of us wealthy or in the 1%, but the fact that nobody had anything positive to say. Nobody could look out and be objective, okay? This show was an effort to add some objective reality back into the discourse so that people can make an informed choice about who they're going to support and why. It's one thing to have uh, you know, serious objections about what the other side is doing or how they uh, have their uh, governing philosophies play out, but it's a whole entire th different thing if you don't even know your own playbook. I mean, you don't play on a team and not show up for practice and not even know the plays. You don't join a dance troupe and don't show up for practice and not learn the choreography. I mean, the fact that you don't even know how to talk back to the GOP is why I'm doing this. What you've been hearing on this episode has been nothing but Democrats pushing back, fighting the very thing that people complain that they don't do. When they talk about messaging, the fact that they don't tout their victories or tout their accomplishments. This is the oversight committee, ladies and gentlemen, that are doing the work. Their job is supposed to embody transparency. They're supposed to hold both sides of the political aisle accountable. And what you've been hearing has been a litany of objections to that very tenet of democracy to where no one is above the law and no one should receive favorable treatment based upon what their last name is. And we certainly shouldn't be revising all of our democratic traditions all in favor of just one person. And that's the problem with the GOP today. It's not about them having a governing platform. You know, earlier in the first segment, uh, Jamie Raskin was um, piggybacking off of what uh, I believe either Jasmine Crockett or Chantel Brown was talking about. I think it was Chantel Brown out of Ohio, where he was saying that, yeah, you're not just saying that they don't have a platform. They themselves are saying this. And he was talking about um, the Congressman Chip Roy, a Republican who um, actually <laughs> became a part of a Democratic uh, campaign ad, where he was saying in front of his colleagues, imploring them, give us something where I can go back to my district and campaign on and tout this. Give me, give me something that we said that we've done since we've been here. We've done nothing. They spent the majority of their time fighting over the speakership. They ousted their former speaker, Kevin McCarthy, out of California because he made a deal with Democrats. He worked in a bipartisan way across the aisle. They didn't like that, so they voted him out. And he did that to himself because he set it up to where um, a simple vote of no confidence from any member of their caucus could call a vote to the floor to oust him. And the most extreme wing of the Republicans were successful at getting rid of him. And they didn't even have a speaker for at least a couple weeks. And they had gone through two or three different people before they finally landed on their current speaker, Mike Johnson. And they're about to revolt against him because they're facing another government shutdown if they don't fund the government. And part of the issue that's holding things up is this spending bill that's touted right now to go for Ukraine and uh, the battle against Russia. 
Republicans, of course, want to focus on border security and they're holding the budget hostage. And once again, the brinksmanship plays out in politics to where they're willing to uh, go to the edge and act like they want to shut down the government rather than fund the, um, you know, accept the funding and accept what Joe Biden is proposing. And some of that funding that he's proposing is designed to go towards strengthening uh, the work done at the border. I didn't even talk about the border and immigration tonight. Wait till you, I mean, I'm telling you, this this probably won't mark the last time that I do this because we need to talk about what's happening in the debate regarding immigration as well. Because I'm telling you, I'm tired of hearing the one-sided talking points. I'm sick of it. And there's more to be done. By the way, also going on this week, we also have the election in Florida, a special election there. Uh, Tom Keene is the Democrat. And he's running for a special seat that was vacated by Ron DeSantis when he appointed somebody else to uh, to lead a, a college out there, I believe. So there's actually more than one race happening this week. Monday, of course, Iowa caucus, Donald Trump won that. Tuesday, there's a special election in Florida. It's not gonna change things. It's, uh, what Democrats are really hoping to do with that one is to cut into the supermajority because Republicans just run Florida. I mean, it is what it is, but it could be a benchmark because if they can flip that seat and early voting is leading and favoring Democrats right now, 43% to 40%, early voting closed over the weekend. And so Tuesday is when the election will happen. And by the end of the week, we should know who's going to get that seat. So there's a lot of things happening this week, not just Iowa, but I also want to point out that what happened in Virginia as a product of the election in 2023 for the very first time in history, y'all, I introduce to you the very first African-American speaker of the Virginia House of Delegates, Speaker Don Scott. But it's an honor and a privilege to be elected by my peers as the first black speaker of the House of Delegates. And every time I look around this room, I do see this. I see the ghost of those people who worked here, those black folks who were enslaved here, whose dignity and humanity was discounted right here in this room. I see those people, and I know we, not just I, we carry their hopes and dreams and their posterity, and I carry it in my heart. I think about all of the people who never got their rights heard by people sitting in this chamber. Thank God the Commonwealth has turned the page. Thank God. All oh, my life I has to fight. All oh, my life I hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah, Nazareth. I'm fed up, homie. You fed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. But how much I be looking at you from the face down? One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty.
Benjamin is the highlight Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like, Lord knows Twenty of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me Reaping everything I sow, so my karma come in heaven No preliminary hearings on my record I'm a gangster in silence for the record, uh Tell the world I know it's too late Boys and girls, I think I've gone great Trying to side my vices all day Won't you please believe when I say When you know we've been hurt, been down before When our pride was low Looking at the world like where do we go And we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright all right. We gon' be alright We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright What you want? You a house? You a car? For the acres and the mule? A piano? A guitar? Anything? See my name is Lucy I'm your dog Mother f- You can live at the mall I can see the evil I can tell it I know it's illegal I don't think about it I deposit every other zero Thinking of my partner Put the candy painted on a Rico Digging in my pocket Ain't a profit Big enough to feed you Every day my logic Get another dollar Just to keep you in the presence Of your Chico ah! I don't talk about it Be about it Every day I seek you If I got it Then you know you got it Heaven I can reach you Pet dog, pet dog, pet dog My dog, that's all Big back and chat I trapped the back for y'all I rap, I black on tracks so Arrest the show My rights, my wrongs I write till I'm right with God When you know We've been hurt, been down before When our pride was low Looking at the world like where do we go And we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright We gon' be alright We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? Okay, finally, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to land with this. We're going to be taking it back to Congressman Jared Moskowitz. And he's one of the people you've been hearing from on this episode. He's on the House Oversight Committee. And he's going to be talking about how he's preparing to take the battle straight to the opponent. No more hat in hand. No more business as usual. If you guys are going to go low, he's going to meet you there. Jared is speaking here with Ben Mysalis of the Midas Touch Independent News Network. Stand by. I know Democrats want to be better than them, and I, I, I want to be better than them, and I don't want to sink the hearings into this. But unfortunately, we have to fight fire with fire. And I'm not going to let them do these hearings where they pretend like the guy that they basically kneel to and take commands from and is in charge of their entire party, right, doesn't pal around and didn't pal around with a pedophile. I'm not going to let them get away with that. Uh, as they as they try to paint Democrats uh, as as something different. And what I'm hoping is that what I'm hoping Marjorie and these others see is that when they want to go off the rails and they want to, you know, go below decorum, no problem. I'm going to be there every single time prepared. Again, sometimes you're not going to see these boards that I make because, you know, we will have a regular hearing and I don't need to show them. But I'm going to be ready. And I think that's what they're not prepared for. They're not prepared for Democrats to be this aggressive, this in their face, um, uh, uh, you know, and that's what I think a lot of the members 
of oversight led by Jamie Raskin on our side are doing this year uh, is that we're giving them a taste of their own medicine. And, and what we're exposing is not only can they not handle it, not only are a lot of them like snowflakes, but, but also it's setting them off their game so much. And it turns out they're not very good at this uh, as, as we're exposing hearing after hearing. And here, by the way, this is the direct quote from Donald Trump in 2002 about Jeffrey Epstein. I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. And then Donald Trump around this time period would go on Howard Stern, and he would brag about walking into the dressing room of teenage girls while they were naked. I mean, we have this on audio recording, and Donald Trump said because he would own these pageants, he would be inspecting the young teenage girls. Here, play this clip. We have it on audio. Well, you could also say as the owner of the pageant, it's your obligation to do that. So so you have done that. Now, tell well, me I'll what tell you the funniest is that I'll go backstage before a show. Yes. And everyone's getting dressed and ready and everything else. And, you know, no men are anywhere. And I'm allowed to go in because I'm the owner of the pageant and therefore I'm inspecting it. You know, I'm inspecting. Right, I right. want to make sure that like everything is good. You're, you're there. Yeah, the dress. Is everyone okay? You know, they <laughs> stand in there with no clothes. Is everybody okay? And you see these incredible looking women. And so I sort of get away with things. Talking about 14 and 15 year old girls. That's By their the way, tell us why you bought the pageant without telling us why you bought the pageant. Okay. I mean, good Lord. And my issue there's lots of issues with that, obviously, but but my biggest issue right now with that is the hypocrisy of it all. As we hear Republicans day in and day out talking about books, you know, in 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 libraries that need to be banned. And again, I'm sure there are some of them that don't belong there. But the guy they want to, who's the head of their party that they want to nominate back, has every problem in this space that you could ever have. And and that's why I've been. I said yesterday, I said, oh, when a Democrat does it, it's a crime. But when Trump does it, it's just fine just fine. And that, my dear friends, is where we're going to land, because that's why I'm doing this, the hypocrisy, okay? The outright, unabashed, unmitigated, unapologetic hypocrisy. And all the networks are enabling it. They are both sizing everything when it comes to what's happening in our politics right now. And I would argue it's not healthy, okay? We don't have to have a a, a level playing field to to give legitimacy to somebody who's not going to engage in good faith. They're not trying to solve problems. They're trying to create them. Okay. What I've laid out on this episode is an example of Democrats taking the fight right back to them. I talked to so many people who don't vote for Donald Trump, who don't like Joe Biden who don't like what's happening in the country. Heck, I don't like what's happening in the country in some respects, but I'm a realist, okay? I believe in objective reality. I don't believe in this my truth and alternative facts and all that. It's like the objective truth is neutral. And the things that we're experiencing in our politics where we just constantly go back and forth is because people are assuming that things have not already been settled. The things that the Republicans are doing, they're acting on this impulse of, fight no matter what. And if you fight long enough and repeat a lie loud enough and long enough, it'll begin to catch on. And then sadly, it's caught on on the left to such an extent that we have to stop being the, the what, what's, what's that character's name in the Marvel's movie? Um, Taskmaster. 
Taskmaster emulates everything that his opponent does, or her opponent, if you saw the movie Black Widow. Taskmaster, we can't become Taskmasters. We can't duplicate and mimic their talking points against our the, the side that you're voting for. Now, I'm trying to stay neutral with this, but I'm saying there's an absolute disproportionate share of news that's protecting and coddling this notion to both sides. Oh, my God. Both sides and things in the era of Donald Trump is dangerous. And so I'm not having it. So 2024 is here. This is an election season. Iowa is done. Donald Trump is emerging out of Iowa. I also want to send a shout out to Dr. Flo John Colfer. She's running for mayor of Sacramento, y'all. And Dr. Flo, of course, has been a frequent contributor on this show. She's a California epidemiologist. She's been very, very useful in this vaccine COVID era and wanting to wish her the best of luck in her race for mayor in the beautiful city of Sacramento, California, the state capital, in fact, of California. And uh, I think we're going to land right there, y'all. I just wanted to lay this out for you tonight so that you can see the Democrats are not just taking it. They're fighting for you. The House Oversight Committee is trying to keep things on the up and up, and they're not having a lot of cooperation. They don't have an equal and an equivalent dance partner on the other side. They want to come up the works and make life completely unbearable and insufferable in our politics. And it doesn't have to be that way. But I'm telling you, it's not OK. And people are fighting back. So I want to send a very, very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. I want to send a shout out to all of you for 2024 for Rocket with DJ Rome. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And it repeats again on Friday evenings from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. And we will be kicking off this year with a whole bunch of coverage about the politics and the election season. We got to get it in, y'all. 2024 is here. Democracy itself is on the line. Stay ready. Stay on the case. And we'll see you next time. Take care.